is Gilbert Andrew Garcia. Join me on my new radio show, A Tip from Gilbert. Talk, inspiration, and prayer every Monday from 11 to 11.45 at 96.9 FM, 1360 AM, KWWJ. Or you can call in at 832-570-8075. Write me at a tip from Gilbert at gmail.com. See you then. This is Gilbert Andrew Garcia, live at the celebration for the life of Joe Campos And we are here on location for a special episode of A Tip from Gilbert, Talk, Inspiration, and Prayer, here on KWWJ, Keep Walking with Jesus. And so we're gonna do today, play clips. It'll be some on Facebook, you'll hear it on the audio, of some of the incredible comments that were made by Police Chief Fenner and others, the family in particular at the event. And we'll also weave in some of the things that we had done with Richard Molina, and some of the other family members on the previous radio show. So again, thank you for joining us on KWWJ, a tip from Gilbert, and enjoy this special presentation to celebrate the life of Joe Campos Torres, and we'll see you next time. Andrew Garcia, we are here at one of the most incredible events in Houston's history as we celebrate the life of Joe Campos Torres. We all know the story from May 5th, 1977, but here we're here to celebrate the life. And we're here with several thousand people, all the elected officials from the state to the county to the city, you name it, they're here. And lots of love, lots of attention. The family spoke. It was so emotional as they really reflected on his life and what this moment meets for them. And you can see the incredible uh, banner that is here. Soon it will be replaced with an actual mural when this building is replaced. And then we have the most incredible marker that will stand forever that will talk about the story of Joe Campos Torres. Because at the end of the day, the best thing we can do is to honor him by saying his name, Joe Campos Torres. And the best thing we can do is remember so it doesn't happen again. So the beauty is we're all here to celebrate his life. So thank you for being here. This is just step one. Step two will be to increase stuff here at the plaza to have a canopy. And so we're looking forward to making this a destination, not just for Houstonians, but for all visitors where they could come and reflect on the importance of humanity and life together. So this is Gilbert Andrew Garcia saying thank you.
two-time former Texas State Director for LULAC and currently the Executive Director of the Greater Houston Coalition for Justice and someone we all know as a true fighter, Mr. Johnny Mata. Please welcome him. Uh, you know, I taught Reuben everything he knows. <laughs> and he still talks too long. <laughs> no, that, uh, I was so embarrassed when we went to one of our long-standing LULAC members' wake. And I, I was asked to say a few words, and you know, I, I speak very short uh, every time. And, and, and Reuben was first, and he said, I talk too much. I had uh, about 20 pages that I finished last night at 4 o'clock this morning, but I decided because of the quality of speakers that we have, uh, I'm going to cut it short. And I was going to say good morning, uh, gentlemen and ladies, but I see it's the afternoon already. <laughs> but on a serious note, <clears throat> as you know, there are many chapters in our lives that we would like to forget. And maybe on a personal note, it's the first time you went to the dentist, as well as uh, the more important one is the loss of someone we love. With that, <clears throat> I would say that the Torres family has come a long way for this moment and honor to Jose Campos Torres. Let's give them a warm applause. Like I said, <clears throat> there's times when uh, we would like to forget, especially when justice has been elusive in the criminal justice for many pe persons of color, whether you're Hispanic, black, or poor. But such is the case of Jose Campos Torres, and I won't go into the details because I already told Ruben what to say. So I will go uh, beyond the three pages that I had and then go into as now I will ask you and I really admire many of you that are here that have been through the fight and are still in the game and they came to support the family. As you ask yourself, where do we go from here? After such a beautiful ceremony, and what is the next phase? Well, let me just briefly tell you that this is just a start, as you see, the beautiful picture of a great soldier on the wall. We're looking at, at 
the face of a monument or statue with him dressed in fatigues, and then the Jose Campos Trail. But let us ask where that trail will lead beyond at the end where he was dropped. The mayor, uh, and I, I'm sorry, mayor, I'm going to steal your thunder. The mayor uh, created a task force uh, during the George Floyd case. And I say to the mayor, or to the following mayor, let's get an independent review board with teeth and subpoenaed powers. If you agree, we need to review, have a charter revision on the city charter of the city of Houston, where we will only have members elected by districts. And last but not least, we need to make people, more, police officers, more accountable. And that means we got to look at their union contract. This is not a political statement. I'm not running for anything. This is a reality check. But, I, but in closing, I will say that the trail to justice has been long and winding in many it has had, we have been misled. There has been distrust, but the Jose Campos Torres uh, case to us was the beginning of true police reform. And that's going to take many of you. If you don't vote, don't complain. And if you vote, make your representative accountable to the people. In the coalition, we have, we envision a lot of things you see and hear. But we started with the grand jury in Texas. And thanks to my friend, Senator Whitmire, could you stand please for a minute? Don't be ashamed, you know, you've been around. <laughs> with him and uh, our mayor and Carol Alvaro and others, in 2015, that's okay. I, I'm, a, I'm a voter, I, I can say those things. Uh, in 2015, the governor, well, the governor signed the grand jury reform. It had never been done before. And I would like to say that some people have been introduced, but I'd like for our national president, Domingo Garcia, to please stand.
give him a warm applause. And we have on my left Donna Baharik. She could you stand? Donna Baharik was the chair of the Texas Education Board, responsible to lead Mexican American studies, black studies in the state of Texas. Give her a warm applause. And in closing, thank you all for coming. Uh, other people will be recognized. But I can tell you, being in a fight for justice is time consuming. You have some pain, painful losses. You have some victories. But we all have to stick together because the United States, is, liberty is at stake and it's an, a threat that if we get the wrong government, we'll be like the people of Ukraine. Thank you very much. Our next speaker is committed to relational policing, wherein each contact with a citizen is an opportunity to improve relationships and a means by which to build trust. Simply put, we talk, he listens. Everyone, please welcome our police chief, Troy Finner. I'm going to be a, a band cop today. Uh, Ms. Cisneros has given her orders for us to move quickly through the program. But I am honored to be here. And if I was honest, I don't even think I'm worthy to stand on this stage. And let me tell you why. Thanks to our great leader, Mayor, um, when we found out about this, I was 10 years old when it happened. But when I found out the family hadn't received a simple apology. My mom and dad taught me, if you wrong, just say it. It brings about healing. So I want to thank the mayor for when we had that conversation, he said, absolutely, let's do it. And you deserve it. Mama Torres, thank you so much. Because today is about you and this entire family, but how many sleepless nights, how many painless, crying nights have you experienced in 45 years? And I just want to thank you for being that person, the head of that family that kept us going to get us to where we are right now. That's a beautiful thing, and I'm proud. So not the chief, you're a police chief. And this is who you are, it's symbolic of who you are and the power of who you are. All this pain and a simple acknowledgement that we're wrong for a criminal act on men who took an oath to protect and serve. Criminal act. Your response. 
that police do their job, but for them to do it right. Wow, what a powerful lady. And thank you. And I pledge to you in this administration that we will hold people accountable. We got a lot of work to do. And don't think because we are here today, the work stops. That work continues. And I want to commit to you today that I'm going to be standing strong. And all of the leaders that you see here will be standing strong. Let me pause and just for one second. Janie and Richard, thank you. Because had not it been for you and the fight, never forgetting about your brother and your uncle, I can't tell you the amount of protests I've been out on over the years. And I see you. And I felt that pain. I seen the anger in your eye. But you never turned a cold, hateful shoulder to me. It was love and just wanting us to get this thing right. So thank you both for what you do. Thank you. And in closing, I want us to recognize one thing. When one of us are hurting, when one of our families are hurting, we all hurt as Houstonians. And I am so proud. You look at the diversity. This is Houston. And whatever we're faced with, tragedy, crime, we stand together as one family. I love you, Mama Torres, and I'm standing with you to the very end. Thank you. I'm honored to be here. Thank you, Chief Skinner. As you know, we have members of Joe Campos Torres' family here with us today, and we are blessed that you are here today. Are you ready? I would like to call forward at this time nephew Richard Molina, sister Jenny Torres, y primo Arthur Navarro. Please welcome them to the stage. Real quick, if you're able to, one fist in the air. These four words. Viva Joe Campos Torres. Thank you. I just want to bring up my mother, Janie Torres, say a few words. Thank you all so much. I want to thank everyone being out here today on rejoicing with us the celebration for my brother, Joe Campos Torres, to recognize him from here on and may he never be forgotten. If I remember him, so shall y'all. If I remember him, so shall y'all. Thank you. My name is Arthur Campos Navarro, and I am first cousin to Joe Campos Navarro. Uh, Joe Campos Torres, I'm sorry. I would like to say a few words on behalf of my cousin Joe and on behalf of the family. Today is a very important day with the erecting of this memorial for the life of my cousin Joe. This day is not only important for our family, but for all the families that had to have to deal with police brutality. This memorial will be the next best thing 
do justice for our family and hopefully help future generations of young people. We want everyone to be able to live and feel safe in a secure environment, to raise their families and be proud to call Houston their home. This memorial will remind everyone to be better citizens and to always do what is right and just. This way, my cousin's death would not have been in vain. This memorial will serve as a reminder of how cruel and heartless some people can be, but also what can be accomplished when, two, when people come together for a worthwhile cause. I would like to give special thanks to my cousin Janie and Joe's little sister and her son Rick for spearheading this very important endeavor that needs to be seen and heard. Thanks to my cousin Janie and her son Rick's perseverance, this day would have never come to pass. It has taken 45 years for something positive to emerge from a very mournful and tragic nightmare. I know that my cousin Joe is looking down on us from heaven above. And I know that he is very proud of what has transpired today as I am. With this memorial, Joe knows that his memory will never be forgotten. Love you, cuz. Thank you. So is everyone inspired? Is everyone ready to get out? and continue the, the social justice that started with the people that are here now? I hope so, because it's very inspiring to be here today. At our next special announcement, please welcome Gilbert Garcia to the stage. As we're waiting for the great Johnny Mata, let me just say one thing. First and foremost is, this is an extraordinary experience. And when I look at this audience, I have never seen a person bring together everybody from the community. This is one Houston. You see the Latino community, the Anglo community, the black community. You see the sheriff's department, the county, the city. We're all here in one place under one roof to celebrate the life of Joe Campos Torres. And let me tell you, I can feel a little bit of Joe Campos Torres in me today. So I want to do it again that the family said. Let's say his name because that's the best way we can honor him is to say his name. So when I say Joe Campos Torres, you say it with me. I am Joe Campostores. I feel it in me. Let's say it louder because of family. We want them to hear it. I am Joe Campostores. And let's say it louder so the heavens, he can hear it in the heavens. I am Joe Campostores. Awesome. Let me tell you, give yourself a round of applause. And let me tell you, an event like what happened in 1977 has an impact on a family for generations generations. And that's why I'm here on behalf of LULAC Council 19, which I'm a member. You see Delgarza somewhere out there and the great Johnny Mata because we want to help break the mold. We want to do something so the family can move forward and put some closure to this. So we have a ceremonial check for $15,000 for Sean, who is the brother Richard Molina and the nephew of Joe Campos $15,000 for the college of his choice. Bam.
Round of applause. This is the way we break the mold. This is the way we move forward. This is the way we change generational wealth. Give him a round of applause as he enters his new life of higher education. Sean, that's for you. Go more toward the center of the stage. What does it mean to you today to be out here to see this dedication? I was really pleased that we at LULAC were able to present the son with a $15,000 scholarship for college. But most importantly, I just want to be here to celebrate the life of Joe Campos Torres. And if you look, it has done more to unify this city than probably anything else. You had public, private, you had county, city, you had white, black, brown, all of us here in one place to celebrate his life. So, I'm actually overwhelmed with emotion because I didn't just learn about the story of Joe Campos Torres. I worked, believe me, there were a lot of us. So this wasn't something, I mean, Janie Torres was the catalyst. She is, if you've ever met her, she's a force of nature. And when I came on board, was in the 90s, was before I ever ran for office. We would meet over in Judson Robinson in Third Ward and, and uh, some places over in on the East End to try to talk about how they could, first of all, stop police brutality. So we were talking about having uh, civilian review boards with subpoena power, which is a part of this movement, even though people may not know about it. And they were bringing uh, people in whose relatives had been murdered by the police. And, and Joe Campos Torres was one of the people, and Janie was there explaining to us. So we all, is this movement to try to hold police accountable and what do we need to do? And I was just talking to Janie today because I hadn't seen her in years. And when I went to go hug her, because I just remember when we were doing this in the 90s, and that was almost 20 years after he'd been murdered by the police, because it's sanctioned police murder. I was just overcome with emotion, right? Because it's been 30 years since then. That doesn't make any sense to me that it's taken 30 years. And so when I saw her, she remembered, she said, we finally did it. And he wasn't my brother, he's her brother. But she was, if you've ever met her, she is relentless. This was never gonna stop. They needed to do something because she was gonna keep harassing them and making them do what was right because the narrative, the narrative I'm sorry, the narrative they told about Joe, you would never have never known that he was a military person. He served this country. You would just never know that. And, and for them to say, and she told us then, just like she told us today, they said, let's see if this wetback can swim. And he's in handcuffs. So as I was looking around, just having been through this or with her family since the 90s, this is prime real estate. If you understand how people want to be downtown, people want to be along the bayou. And I knew that he had been dumped in this bayou because the jail used to be over here. And when they said, oh, we're not bringing him in the jail because he's been, he's too beat up, take him to Ben Tab, which is where they take poor people, you know, and they just dumped him. They treated him like trash. And this shows that he wasn't trash. This shows that he is us and we are him. And we have to work together. And the thing that I loved about this is there were maybe 20 of us sitting in a room all those years ago. And I can't even count the number of people who were here. So I'm just really pleased. And there are so many whose, whose loved ones have been murdered by the police. And I'm really thankful for uh, 
for social media and for smartphones because as I was talking to Sean, Sean who's Janie's son, you know, young people don't understand the walk. You know, young people are sort of the beneficiaries of the civil rights movement. And I was explaining to him it was only with smartphones when people could see that some police do lie. Some police do do throw down guns like they did with the little Hispanic kid in the East End. We named a park after him where the police killed a 13-year-old Hispanic kid. We ended up naming a park for him when I was on city council. And the city fought paying his family money because they tried to make him be a bad kid, whatever that means. And they tried to use all the negative, incorrect, just flat out lying stereotypes that they use about Hispanic people to try to justify killing a 13-year-old. And so this is movement, this is progress. To, so to anyone who's had a loved one murdered by the police, and Gilbert Garcia said it best when he was speaking, he said that try to give the family some closure, although I would respectfully submit to you, you never really get closure when somebody kills somebody you love because it's a permanent death sentence. But you have to keep going. And so I'm thankful that Gilbert gave the $15,000 with LULAC because going to school costs a lot of money and that's helpful. But we needed society to evolve. We needed smartphones so that people could see that not all police are good, decent people. Not all police protect and serve. And so, and so I'm just so thankful for Janie. If you could see her, now mind you, that's her sibling. So think about your relationship with your siblings and how close you are. So it could have been 1977. She was just as emotionally touched. So I, I, I believe that what this shows you is when people tell us to get over it, that you don't get over it. And so I'm just really thankful for Janie because she's been the face of this struggle and she's been around when nobody was there but five, two, three, 20 people in a room and she just kept going. Like, she just kept going. And so people who've lost ones, lost loved ones to police murder, and that's what it is, it's police murder. Do not give up. It took, that was 77, is that almost 50 years? 40, um, 44 years. 44 40, years. 45. But, it shouldn't have taken that long, but God is a good God. The arc of the, of the moral universe is long, but it bends towards justice. And this is one small step because when they oppress one of us, they oppress all of us. So if you're lucky enough to be rich and, and you think this doesn't affect you, you don't judge a society by how the best people live. You judge a society by how we treat the least, the last, and the lost. Mm -hmm. And so the people in this fight, we fight for people who are the least, the last, and the lost. Amen. Amen so, to that. Amen. And so we I think we say, we say, you need to say his name. Say his name. Joe, Joe Campostores. Campos you need to say his name. Joe, Joe Campostores. And when they want to talk about uh, Hispanic history or, or Mexican-American history or whatever, you need to tell his story. And you need to tell that there was justice. Even though it was delayed, there was justice for the brown community in Houston, Texas. Amen. Amen. It was almost 45 years ago when Houston was shocked by the death of Joe Campos Torres, a Vietnam veteran who was killed by Houston police. He was arrested, beaten, and tossed into Buffalo Bayou. The protests were going on then and through the years as his family sought justice. The initial outcome, two officers received a $1 fine and a one-year probation. Let that sink in for a minute. 
One year probation, one dollar fine. It's no wonder the Hispanic community and all who cared were upset and protesting. Federal prosecution led to a bit more of a penalty, but no one served more than one year. Justice is not the word to describe that series of events. But that's the name of the pavilion to be dedicated in Houston to his memory. Rick Molina is a nephew of Joe Campos Torres. Gilbert Garcia, the managing partner of Garcia Hamilton and Associates, who's helping with the effort to establish the Joe Campos Pavilion, the Justice Pavilion. Thank you both for being here. And Rick, I can't, it's not lost on me that you were born into the family's fight for this. Right. What has this challenge been throughout the years? Um, yep, so I was born into it about five years after the event happened. Um, and early on, we saw a lot of the need for these kinds of actions to still continue mm -hmm. and uh, to speak on these kinds of cases. Um, and early on, I saw, especially growing up in the late 80s, early 90s, um, seeing the unity between the different organizations that were around then that we're still continuing that fight. Mm -hmm. Well, I noticed that recently, it took until this past summer, mm -hmm. um, uh, Chief uh, Troy Finner apologized right. to the family. What did that mean to you and to the family, just to get an apology? Right, that was um, something pretty significant and something that was kind of um, being thought about a few, maybe years ago and stuff. And then when he came into his position, uh, came up in conversation again and what that would even look like, you know, what would that mean to the family? Mm -hmm. And we had a lot of discussion behind that. And uh, when we finally came to the agreement in terms that, you know, it would be a significant start because something like that has never happened, you know, mm -hmm. and it's a start of other things to come. Start of other things to come, and that brings us up to the pavilion. Gilbert, uh, how and why are you involved in this effort? Sure. This is much more important uh, than just an event from 1977. This is an event for all of the Latino community, where we are really rallying to bring closure to such a terrible event and want to make something positive out of it. And it is our hope that right there, the actual grounds, the hollowed grounds, where his life was taken and where, where we know that other prisoners were beaten, uh, it's called, it was called the hole, mm -hmm. uh, that we're going to make some sort of area for people to reflect and to really pray and come together forever. It's a way for Houston to heal and the Latino community to heal, which is why we're behind it. We have a, a picture of him, and as we look at that picture in his uniform, uh, that just shows uh, he had served his country, came back to deal with uh, the hands of Houston police. The details of what happened, Rick, to your uncle uh, seem incredible to this day. Apology was great, now a pavilion. What are you interested in seeing come from a pavilion being erected and what people will take away from that? Right, um, so, you know, being involved in activism, especially police brutality activism over the years, a lot of it has um, happened at different areas, whatever the occasion calls for. Um, one of the things that we're hoping for this pavilion is for it to be kind of a center point where people can kind of focus these events and continue with other different things. And um, it's a very center point in downtown Houston in the middle of the um, criminal justice district. Um, and it has potential to create that kind of uh, area to where we can continue these conversations. And you know, Kimberly, the only way to make sure it doesn't happen again is to make sure we remember that mm -hmm. it happened in the first place. Mm -hmm. right. uh, and that way we can uh, sort of reflect and learn from it 
so it doesn't happen again. So the dedication for this is set for April the 2nd, correct? Yes, sir. And so what's going to be happening on that day? On April the 2nd, we'll have a gathering at 10 a.m. with all the uh, elected officials, the family. His grandmother will be there, the sister, Joe Campos Torres. I mean, she's been waiting all these years for this moment. Uh, Joe Campos Torres' sister will be there. Uh, there's going to be a, you know, uh, uh, 21-gun salute, all kinds of wonderful things in his memory so we can all really celebrate his life that was taken from him too early and, again, uh, begin to reflect on those events. We're going to have a lot of historical figures from back then also come and speak. So if somebody wants to get involved and support this, how can they do that? Well, they can reach out to either one of us. Um, we are heavily involved with the members of LULAC as mm. well. Okay. Have our contact numbers, yep. and of course, Johnny Mata's been a big leader. You see the Regarsa. These are LULAC legends that really want to see uh, true justice uh, happen. Yeah, they started it. They were part they of the started start of this. It. That's happened. Hey, thank you so much, Richard Molina, yes. Gilbert Garcia. We are here to really plan a very important event for the Latino community. When you look at other communities, they have memorialized many things in their history. Some of them are great celebrations. Some of them are remembering difficult times so they don't happen again. That's the whole point, to learn from them and understand them so they don't happen again. And we are here at the scene of one of the most extraordinary things that happened in the Latino community history, where a young man, Jose Campos Torres, who was a military veteran and just a, uh, just a human being, was beaten by police officers so badly that the jail wouldn't accept him. And they said, you need to take him to a hospital and instead of taking him to the hospital, they brought him here and threw him in the water and said to him, let's see if he can swim. It's a terrible moment in Houston's history, but yet it's a beautiful rallying cry for the Hispanic community to really come together with the family to remember so it doesn't happen again. So please, we have one of the family members. We also have other, I'm with Lulac. Listen, we're behind this because our mission is to really do anything possible to educate people of our community so they recognize that we deserve a place at the table like all the other communities. Talk about the unveiling of the incredible mural. And by the way, while you were talking, I went through this incredible booklet that was put together. And when you look at this booklet, there's some extraordinary pictures in here. Uh, we went to the Chronicle archives, and you can see some of the, the family members. You can see some of the people. You can see the hole. You can see when they were dredging the bayou. Uh, you can see uh, pictures of Jose Campos Torres. You can see people there praying for him. You can see the rendition of what we're hoping in the future will be a place for prayer and peace. You can see the unveiling of the mural. Talk about that mural and what it means to you. And it's going to be right there at the side of the building there. Right. So we, um, we're we unveiling ideas for a mural that we have been working on um, for the past few months as well. And it's it's kind of um, not, not just an homage to my uncle and, and what he endured, but also to the story in general. Because you know, over the decades, my uncle's... Uh, 
image name has become this idea of this movement of police brutality and police reform. Uh, but we also want to take it a step back and start to begin to humanize my uncle and really just tell the story of my uncle. Um, and with this mural, we're hoping that it'll um, start to kind of portray that image of, of what he stood for, not just how, what he died for, uh, but but what he meant before his time in the service and stuff like that. And um, this mural is going to be on the side of the Wilson building, which is about a three, four story tall building. And uh, that'll be one of the main points that we're hoping to unveil on April 2nd. Well, let me ask you this. How does it feel after all these years and all this time, and there's an incredible picture here in this booklet with both Mayor Turner and Chief Finner, how does it feel to get an apology from the mayor of the city of Houston and the police chief of the city of Houston? Right, so that was... um that came out that came about in conversations that started maybe about two three years ago when chief acevedo was still in office um my family and my mother in particular we didn't really have a good standing with chief acevedo at the time there was a lot of things that were happening within the police department that called on us as police brutality activists to confront um one of which being the botched drug raid that happened over um, to Regina Nichols and Dennis Tuttle's uh, two civilians over in the East End that were victims of a false drug raid and essentially just lost their lives. Um, um, so that this conversation started around then. Uh, what it, would it look like to have essentially the police department offered an apology to the family, something that has never happened before. Um, these projects and these things that we're doing now, a lot of this has never happened before, has never um, been brought to the table. Um, so working out with that apology with uh, Chief Finner and uh, Mayor Turner was something special. Richard is such an extraordinary human being because through it all, he has maintained really the rock in that family. And when we were there at Commissioner's Court, his mom was crying. I think we were all crying. And uh, it was a beautiful thing to commemorate uh, Mr. Jose Campos Torres and what happened. So I know we're running up against time. Let's go ahead and play that song. And I think that when you think about... Uh, Mr. Jose Campos Torres, and you think about, uh, you know, the last word with his family here after all these years, it's just one of those reasons to just give thanks. And that's what this song's all about, 10,000 reasons. If you ever doubted anything why to praise God, just listen to this song, and he's going to give you many reasons. The best thing we can do is to honor him by saying his name. And the best thing we can do is remember so it doesn't happen again. So the beauty is we're all here to celebrate 
his life. So thank you for being here. This is just step one. Step two will be to increase stuff here at the plaza to have a canopy. And so we're looking forward to making this a destination, not just for Houstonians, but for all visitors where they can come and reflect on the importance of humanity and life together. So this is Gilbert Andrew Garcia saying thank you. This is Gilbert Andrew Garcia. Join me on my new radio show, A Tip from Gilbert. Talk, inspiration, and prayer every Monday from 11 to 11.45 at 96.9 FM, 1360 AM, KWWJ. Or you can call in at 832-570-8075. Write me at a tip from Gilbert at gmail.com. See you then.